Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible. Jumpstart your Bible study with more than 8,000 study notes from Dr. Jeremiah to help you discover what the Bible says, what it means, and what it means for you. Available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print. For more details or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. When you have God's blessing, you can expect your life to be fuller, richer, and more satisfying. Just don't expect it to be easier. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah considers how Elisha's life was changed by receiving a double portion of God's blessing and what that means for those who seek His blessing here and now. To introduce the conclusion of his message, The Double Blessing, here's David. Thank you for joining us. We're talking about a man from the Old Testament who had the audacity to ask God to bless him twice as much as he had blessed his predecessor. What an incredible prayer that was, and God answered his prayer. You can check it out. Go all the way through to the end of the story of Elisha, and you'll see that he got exactly twice as many blessings as did his mentor. Well, today we want to uh, remind you again that um, we're going to Israel in 2022, March 22nd through April the 1st. Uh, We'll be joining uh, together with uh, many, many people. I think we have already over 200 people who've registered for this event. And uh, we'd love for you to come along with us. It will be a joyous occasion as we visit this land that God has blessed. And it's very safe. Uh, People that go there, my friends have been there over and over again. The people who lead this tour go there. They've just come home and they've said, it's just just normal there. It's just safe. They have little skirmishes here and there, but they don't reach where we'll be and uh, we'll be safe. And uh, this will be a wonderful opportunity for you to experience the Bible. That's really what happens. When you go to Israel, you literally experience what you've been reading about all your life if you're a Christian, or even if you just become a Christian, this will open your eyes to so many truths in the Scripture. Uh, There's a brochure that explains how you can be a part of this. You will find it at davidjeremiah.org. You can download the brochure that gives you all the details We'll be visiting uh, the Jezreel Valley, Galilee, Golan Heights, Northern Boundary, the Lower Jordan River Valley, Jerusalem, and the Old City, Judea, the Wilderness, the Dead Sea, all of these things that are so critical to joining the dots of the Bible. I hope you'll go with us. Please make sure you don't wait too long. Get your reservation in and plan to be with us. Well, let's finish up this message we started yesterday. We're going to finish up the double blessing here on Turning Point. Solomon asked God for the right thing. He didn't ask for all of the trinkets that we think are so important. He asked God to give him wisdom. Solomon became the wisest man who ever lived. The book of Proverbs, which is the book of wisdom, is the work of Solomon. The Old Testament wisdom books were written by this man. He was the wisest man who ever lived. He ended up being the richest man who ever lived. And he was the most powerful man who ever lived. None of those things that he asked for. He asked for a wise heart and God was so impressed with his request. He gave him everything he asked for and everything he didn't ask for. And Solomon became a great king up until the end of his life. 
What Solomon asked for is very similar to what Elisha asked for. When he was asked, what do you want? His response was, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Elijah said, son, before I leave, I want to give you something. What can I give you that will help you? And Elisha said, I want to be twice as good as you were. I want twice what you had. I want a double portion of your spirit. First blush, this seems kind of like an arrogant request, but it wasn't. It was actually a request for the right of primogeniture. According to the Old Testament law, the firstborn had the right to a double portion of the inheritance. And I think Elisha looked around at all the other prophets and he said, Elijah, don't forget, I'm your firstborn prophetic son and I want to have double everything that you have. And if you study the life of Elisha as we are right now, you will realize he got exactly what he asked for. His ministry was almost twice as long as Elijah's and he performed twice as many miracles as his mentor did. In other words, Elisha got what Elisha asked for. How many of you know if you ask for the right thing, you'll get the right answer? The request is the whole deal. God doesn't answer my prayer. Well, maybe you're asking for the wrong things. The request is the issue. Elisha was not interested merely in Elijah's staff or his parchments or even his mantle. When it came time to be written into Elijah's will, Elisha wanted a spiritual inheritance. He wanted to have the living power of the Holy Spirit in his life in twice the impact that it had been in the life of Elijah. Elisha had witnessed Elijah's power. Can you imagine that? When he called down fire upon the sacrifice, when he killed all the prophets of Baal, when it rained and then it didn't rain and then it rained again, he saw all of that. And he looked at himself and realized he wasn't fit for that, but he knew that the power that Elijah had was God's power. Here's the thing that you learn. The prophet is leaving, but the God of the prophet is staying. And he's going to stay in the life of Elisha because of his request. Well, this isn't the end of the story. Because Elijah said, I'm going to answer your request, but I'm going to put a couple of rules in place. So let's read the next part of this, and you see if you don't think this is a little strange. So Elijah said to him, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken up from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. And it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two men. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven and Elisha saw it and he cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. Now, did you get what he said? He said, Elisha, I want to give you what you've asked me for on one condition. If you watch me and you see me when I go to heaven. R.T. Kendall has a great take on this moment. He says, I'm not exactly sure that Elijah was thrilled with this request. Although I doubt he was surprised, he knew Elisha pretty well by now. But for Elisha to get a double portion of Elijah's spirit... A fairly cheeky request. That would suggest that Elisha would be greater than Elijah. In fact, twice greater. You've asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. 
Difficult? Why? For whom? For God? Surely not. No, it was difficult for Elijah. Then he relented on one condition. If you see me when I'm taken away from you, it will be yours, otherwise not. And Kendall said, I can safely tell you that Elisha was in Elijah's face from that moment on. He never looked up. He never looked down. He never looked sideways. He didn't even sneeze. He wasn't going to take his eyes off that prophet because he was going to get his blessing. As Elijah and Elisha walked and talked, their pleasant journey was interrupted when a fiery chariot pulled by fiery horses suddenly appeared and separated the two prophets. And then Elijah was taken up into heaven in a whirlwind as Elisha stood by and watched. Now Elijah's gone. You can almost feel the loneliness of the moment as Elisha stands there all alone. The requirement that restricted the double blessing. Notice the reaction that validated the double blessing. Verses 13 through 15. Elijah's gone, and Elisha picks up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, and he goes back and he stands by the bank of the Jordan, and he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, and he struck the water and he said, Where is the God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. And when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah is on Elisha. And they came and bowed down before him. I want to be a little bit mischievous here on behalf of Elisha. Elijah's gone. And as he leaves, the mantle that Elijah had falls down and he picks it up. He'd just been with Elijah when he put the mantle over the water and it parted. And he's asked for twice the power. And he doesn't know if he's going to get it or not, but he picks up this mantle and he says, let's see if this thing works. <laughs> now, uh, that's not in the Bible. <laughs> and he takes this mantle and he puts it over the Jordan River and the exact same thing that happened when Elijah did it happened when Elisha did it. And that was the affirmation that the power of Elijah had now been passed to Elisha. And it was so powerful because all the sons of the prophets saw it They knew exactly what it meant. Elisha now was standing in the place of Elijah with the power of Elijah. And what we now know is not just the power, twice the power. And as we follow Elisha during these next weeks, as we study his life, we're going to see over and over how the power of God flowed through this prophet and God used him in a mighty way. I can't tell you Elisha's whole story in one message. I'm going to have to do it in several. So we're going to end the story right now, but we're not going to end the sermon. We're going to end the story so I can tell you about three things we should take away in our hearts. The first thing is that God wants you to seek his blessing. Did you know that? That God wants you to ask him to bless you. Solomon asked God to bless him with wisdom. Elisha asked God's servant, Elijah, to bless him with the double portion of his spirit. Is it all right for me to ask God to bless me? (laughs) On an occasion that is recorded for us in the book of Genesis, Jacob was returning to his homeland, trying to get things right with his brother Esau, whom he had cheated out of his family's blessing. And on the way home, he had sent his family away, and he was alone by himself by the brook Jabbok. And the scripture says this in Genesis 32, 
And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaks. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. You see, Jacob valued the blessing above all else. He wanted God to bless him so much that he wasn't just willing to ask for it. He's willing to fight for it. Mark Batterson says, I think he was willing to die for it. The blessing of God is a gift from God, and you cannot earn it. But are you willing to risk your life and your limb for it? Are you willing to pull an all-nighter for it? Are you willing to go to the mat and get back up for it? With all of his faults, Jacob accurately estimated the value of the blessing. He wasn't going to let go of God until God blessed him. So I guess it's all right for us to ask God to bless us. And I think you should know that because a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't know that it's all right to ask for God to bless you. I was one of those people as a young pastor. I was starting a church in Fort Wayne, Indiana with seven families. First Sunday I preached in that church, there were 35 people there, if you counted everybody and the dogs. I wanted that church to grow. I'm not really sure my motivation was all spiritual, but I knew I didn't want to pastor just a few people if there was a possibility of pastoring many. I started going to all these conferences where you could learn how to do pastoring better. I remember getting on a bus and riding a bus halfway across the country to go to a pastor's conference so I could learn how to be a better pastor. And I'd go and I'd see all these guys who'd come to teach, most of them from these mega churches. That back in those days, they had buses that ran everywhere to bring people to church. And I'd come home and I would wonder, will I ever have a chance to have a ministry where I'm reaching people like that? And I thought, you know, I probably shouldn't ask God because if God wants me to do that, he'll do it. I shouldn't ask him. I didn't think it was right to ask God to bless me. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever wondered if it's all right to ask God to bless you? Let me tell you what I learned. It's all right to ask God to bless you if you ask him to bless you for the right reasons. That brings me to the second thing I want you to note. Every time God blesses you, it's a potential double blessing. When God blessed Elisha through Elijah, that was blessing number one. But what did Elisha do with the blessing he received? He turned it into blessing others by performing exactly twice as many miracles as the one who had blessed him. In other words, he took the blessing that he got from God and he blessed everybody else. Blessing number one, blessing number two. That's what you call a double blessing. You get blessed by God so that you can bless others. And that's what Elisha did. Over in the book of Acts, there's a verse that I found one day. And this is what it says. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. This is a forgotten beatitude. It was spoken by Jesus, but interestingly enough, it's not in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Paul mentions it, so he knew about it. We won't find it anyplace else in the Bible. And this verse gives us a super beatitude. This is a beatitude that we should never forget. 
There are many Beatitudes in the Bible when a sentence begins with the word blessed is or blessed are, but only once in the Bible does the phrase more blessed occur, and that's right here in Acts. In Acts it says it is more blessed to give than to receive. To go beyond blessing to greater blessing, you have to learn how to take the blessing that you get and use it for others. First, there's the blessing of receiving, which is a very me-like thing. I like to receive, and you do too. God created us to be recipients. He is the source, and we are the recipients. The endless provider gives universal blessings, daily blessings, spiritual blessings. But there is one blessing that is greater than receiving. It is the blessing of giving. It is more blessed. Why is it more blessed to give than to receive? Listen carefully. When we receive, we're acting like ourselves. But when we give, we're acting like God. Receiving is me-like. Giving is God-like. And God wants us to be blessed not just once, but twice. And he knows that if we ever try this, if we ever start to do this, we'll discover how much more wonderful it is to give a blessing than it is to receive one. You have to receive it first so you have something to give. But once you get it, God didn't make us to be retainers. He made us to be conduits so that we are the channels of blessing to other people. The first blessing is when we get it, and the second blessing is when we give it. And the third thing I want you to take away from this message is this. God's blessing comes with responsibility. The Bible says, to everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. How many of you know, sometimes when God blesses you, you may want to know if there's some way you can back out of this blessing, because this blessing is so huge, you never work so hard in your life. You never realize the responsibility that came with the blessing. These are red-letter words. These are the words of Jesus. This is the principle of life. For everyone to whom much is given, much is required. Now watch what happens when God blesses somebody. When he blessed Elisha, Elisha's life changed dramatically. It exploded. From the simple life of farming, he became a prophet of the Lord God of Elijah. And as we tell the story of Elisha, we will see how the scope and responsibility of this man's life just increased because of the blessing of the Lord. His life did not get easier. It got harder, and it also got better. I'm sure Elisha probably had moments when he was on the trail as God's prophet when he remembered those special nights around the table at home after working out in the field all day, plowing and coming home putting everything away and going in and sitting down with mom and dad and just enjoying a night, putting his feet up or whatever. I worked for my uncle several years when I was growing up. He was a dairy farmer in Pennsylvania. I'd go there and stay for the summer and work with him. I didn't realize how hard it was to be a farmer. I never worked so hard in my life. I lost all the weight that I'd put on during the year, but I never realized how special it was either. We'd work like crazy from early morning until the sun went down. Then we'd go home, we'd shower up. My aunt could cook like you wouldn't believe. We'd have a great meal, sometimes sit around, mostly listen to baseball games, and get a good night's sleep and get up and do it again the next day. It was great. Elisha used to have a life like that. No more. 
Elisha's life was one adventure after another, one skirmish after another, one issue after another. He was God's prophet. He had been blessed with this blessing, but there was a tremendous responsibility that went along with the blessing. Can I get a witness? Here's what you would say to someone like this. God blesses those who are willing to break a sweat for what they believe in. You can't just pray like it depends on God. You also have to work like it depends on you. The blessing of God doesn't just fall into your laps. God gave the Israelites the promised land, but that didn't mean that he went in there and the giants threw up a white flag. No, he didn't just fight the battle of Jericho. He fought 13 battles defeating 31 kings. And those kings didn't surrender without a fight. Very rarely are the blessings of God served on silver platters. We have to work for them and sometimes fight for them. And when God brings them to us, it doesn't make our life easier. It doesn't make our life simpler. It makes it harder and more complicated and more blessed. There's not anything I know that is more exciting to me than to preach a sermon and pour everything I have into it and go home, be absolutely totally tired, but it's a good tired. How many of you know what a good tired is? And that's the kind of tired God gives us when we follow his life and his blessing. Have you ever asked God to bless your life? Before you do it, remember, there's a consequence. It's going to change everything. If he does, you will never be the same. And secondly, he'll never bless you so you can hoard the blessing on yourself. God isn't into the business of getting boats, houses, money, stocks, bonds, power. That's not who he's about. God will only bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. So if you want to be a blessing to others, you have every right to ask God to bless you. Maybe you're good at business. You should say, Lord God, bless my business so that I can use my business to bring blessing to many other people. I know guys who have done that, and God has blessed them abundantly, and they've become a channel for the resources that are needed to get the gospel out to the world. I don't know what God has equipped you to do, but if you want his blessing, here's the key. Ask yourself, how am I going to take the blessing of God and turn it into the blessing of others? Don't ask God to bless you unless you're prepared to use that blessing to bless the lives of other people. And remember, when God blesses you, you're going to change your life. There are going to be some things you need to learn. You're going to need some help along the way so God can help you manage the blessing that he's given you. Let's be bold enough to ask God to bless us so that we, in turn, can bless others with the blessing with which we ourselves have been blessed. And we will change our world. We will change our communities. We will change our cities. We will change our lives. That is my prayer for all of us. That is my prayer for you. Be bold enough to ask God to bless you so that you can be a blessing to other people. Multiply your life. Don't ask him for a double blessing. Ask him for a triple. Ask him for whatever you believe him for and do it with sincerity and then follow through when he blesses you. Amen. Of course, we know here that God never blesses you for any other reason than for you to be able to bless others. Blessings aren't to be hoarded and received. They're to be be channeled to other people. When God blesses you, it's so you can bless others. 
If that's your motivation, God will bless you. Hey, you know, every year during this month of September, uh, for the last several years, we've been making available on the calendar for the new year. And people ask me, why are you doing that so early? Shouldn't you be doing that in November or December? Well, we discovered over the years that people want the calendar earlier. And by the way, it's a 14-month calendar. This calendar doesn't begin with January of 2022. It begins with November of 2021. So as soon as you get it, you can start to use it. And it will help you organize your events. It's filled with wonderful biblical messages and absolute gorgeous photography. It's the kind of thing you'll want to have where others can join in and enjoy it with you. This new calendar, Moving Toward Hope, is designed to help you focus on the promises of God in the coming year. And it features beautiful panoramas of settings and nature. And it will be an ongoing reminder that no matter what we may face in the world, our hope rests in God. This calendar will be mailed to you as a thank you for your investment in Turning Point during the month of September. So when you send your gift, be sure to ask for the calendar and we'll send it right to you. You'll enjoy it and be blessed by it the whole year. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Today's message originated from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Dr. David Jeremiah, the senior pastor. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. Write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta, B.C., B4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of our 14-month calendar for 2022 moving toward hope filled with scriptures and images to encourage your walk it's yours for a gift of any amount you can also download the free turning point mobile app for your favorite smart devices or search in your app store for the keywords turning point ministries to instantly access our content visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details this is david michael jeremiah join us monday as we continue the series elisha the double blessed prophet here on turning point If you've been blessed by the ministry of Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point, we would love to offer you two free ways to stay connected. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash magazine for a subscription to our monthly Turning Points magazine. Each exclusive issue is filled with encouraging articles and daily devotionals to strengthen your spiritual walk. You can also sign up to receive our daily email devotional, and be a part of our community of friends who receive daily encouragement delivered straight to their inbox from Dr. Jeremiah. Written in a thought-provoking manner, this concise yet profound daily devotional delivers the refreshment and focus you need as you go about in today's world. You can join the more than 600,000 monthly subscribers who are building their faith each month through these free resources. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus issued a stern warning against calling someone a fool while angry. A person may be displaying a lack of wisdom, but discussing it while angry is dangerous. So when is it acceptable to discuss foolish behavior? First, when you are calm. 
And secondly, when you use the word in a biblical sense. In Proverbs, a fool is described as a person who refuses to accept the godly advice and counsel of others, or who refuses to learn from his own mistakes. Fools are mentioned some 70 times in Proverbs, if you want to learn more. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's advice to fools and their friends on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.